0: Christ! We're not hunting him, he's hunting us! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. I have known you since you were a kid, Ricky. Ever since you were seven and eight years old, you've shown superhuman strength. Disrespectful conduct, flippant and tasteless verbal remarks.
1: No, no, I'm
2: afraid that they wouldn't approve of that at all. sub sub
0: Hello, hello, and welcome back. Yes, it has been quite a while since you've heard from us over here at Subversive Cinema. Uh, Apologies for that, but, you know, being a new dad has certainly caught up with me along with a new job, so it's been a bit crazier than usual. I appreciate you uh, hanging out and following along, and your, your patience is very, very much appreciated. So, this is a special, shorter episode, this is a bonus episode, and I... I'm here with our resident specialist in Breenism, once again, Richard, because we just saw last night a screening of Neil Breen's sixth film, Cade, The Tortured Crossing. And you may be saying, wait, I don't remember hearing the spoiler warning at the beginning of this episode. Well, that's because this is just a bonus episode. We're going to do a little review of the film. We're not going to spoil it for you because you really need to see this film Just go into it knowing whatever we tell you, and that's about it. There's so much gold, and when the movie is fully, widely released, believe me, it will have a place in the rotation. But until then, we're going to get into that. Richard, how are you doing today? I'm good, Art. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back. You are the man with a plan who understands everything about this man that we know as Mr. Breen. So, what are your first reflections of, of... Cade,
2: the tortured crossing. Um, Neil is back with a vengeance. Uh, this might be his best movie, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. This is like the feeling I got when I saw Fast and the Furious 4 and 5, and they really redid that ser- that ser- franchise, and made it something that was way better than the originals. Uh, Neil has found another gear, folks, and uh, It's turbocharged and it's amazing. The date of this recording is Sunday, February
0: 26th, 2023. And we saw it last night on the 25th at Regal Cinemas live down in Los Angeles, where not only did we see this at the Hollywood Real Independent Film Festival, the man, the legend himself, Mr. Neil Breen was there to answer questions afterwards and oh boy, oh boy, did that just explode my mind and it made, it it opened up everything. It all makes sense now.
2: (laughs) It sure does. I think it confirmed a lot of the things we have talked about in previous episodes. Um, Yeah, he's a a wonderful, charming guy. Um,
0: Very, very nice. That is for sure. He's a very nice guy. He reminds me of anybody's uncle on the aged side or if you're, you are know a bit younger like you're kind of goofy grandpa that you only see at like a couple holidays a year
2: <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean he he's a you know and he's a he's an artist he's a this is his full-time gig now which uh surprised me um <laughs> yes
0: me too i didn't know <laughs> that he gave up
2: architecture
0: after like the second or third movie
2: yeah he's you know he's fully in on this and um He's just a really, really interesting guy who I think, you know, wants to do bigger and better things, but you know, will not change his one man band approach to filmmaking. And thank God, because it would be a completely different experience. I think if he had ever hired a full crew hired, uh, producers to help him and, and, uh, and things like that. He's just, he's so unique in what he does. And, uh, This one, this is a new one that he made, Cade the torture Crossing. Um, I think there's a few things we'll talk about um, uh, that I think if it's in the, yeah, I think if it's in the trailer, it's fair game. Yes. So this one's shot entirely on a green screen.
0: Ah, a cyclorama to be exact.
2: Uh, yes. It, when uh, just you'll... a green screen isn't enough. You need an entire <laughs> fucking room of green. He had he had the what sounded like what they're shooting on uh, Marvel movies in Atlanta, but uh he uh yeah, so what he said it was like a eighteen by thirty six foot uh three three walled cyclorama, all yeah. painted green. Um he's using he's basically doing his own version of a virtual set. Uh, using, uh, an Atom, uh, Pro Switch, uh, Pro Splitter, uh, which is basically a live keyer, uh, it's made by Blackmagic Design, and he's sort of, he's got his, you know, everything's basically shot on a stock photo, the background is a vaguely oh, yes. European stock photo, and, uh, or it's like the, you know, all the murder houses from Zillow, whatever, <laughs> wherever he sourced this stuff from, um... And, you know, he's very meticulous about how he's got all of his actors uh, moving through the set, making sure that uh, they fit in the space. Although, I mean, you know, this is Neil Breen movie, so it's not perfect.
0: No, there there's certainly issues with scale numerous times <laughs> where somebody would be way too large for the bed that they're sitting on or way too small. They would be standing next to what would, in the real world, be an eight-foot <laughs> wheelchair.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, but he's 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 getting uh, more clever. I think he's, you know, he's mixing in things now to try and hide some of the green screen stuff. Yeah, he's also um,
0: doing, uh, He's they're clearly doing, like, um, I guess a matte layer on the front so that they can disappear yes. into and out of doors and he's backgrounds getting, he's and things like that.
2: He's getting the depth more uh, dialed in um clearly over the last what the uh, twisted pair came out 2018 is that right
0: uh yes it was 2018. so
2: five years ago um four to five years uh he's uh he's honing his skills man he's, he's getting there and uh it was really interesting to hear about his process and stuff and how he he works um I think uh, what I want to say. Let me just before we really talk about the Q and A, which is probably the more interesting part of this episode. <laughs> uh, the um, just about the film, real quick. Uh, I got give you guys all a quick synopsis. It's basically um, it is a as he as Neil said himself, it is and it isn't a sequel to Twisted Pair. Um, it, it it does feature Cade and Kale. They uh, those characters return. Uh, but nobody else from the from Twisted Pair will uh, appear in this movie, uh, as Neil said. He never works the same actor twice, except himself. Except himself, um, he. Uh, so, Cade is funding some uh, research, I believe, and or he's trying to help some kids. It's not very clear. There's a little bit of uh, some sort of uh, corporation that's doing some some uh, shady gene therapy uh, on the side. Uh, then they're kidnapping the patients to do it. Uh, Kale is helping them out because he's dying and he needs the drugs from the kids to survive. Uh, and you know, eventually Kate f- f- susses all this out and uh goes to war like he does, like Neil does in every movie, yeah, as Neil does. Um, but uh, so that's that's the gist of the story. Uh, obviously. My my little synopsis there it does not do the, the movie justice. It is really a, a tour of the force that needs to be watched. It be it, it is a
0: it is a bit beyond description. Um
2: yeah, it's uh there's <laughs> there are there some stuff in this movie that will absolutely surprise you. Uh um, there was one section, I won't say what,
0: about halfway through, it literally was a ball shot of a shock that this is happening in a Neil Breed movie. <laughs> Yeah, that was made no fucking sense, and I loved every minute. Oh man,
2: and uh, you know, so the screening we went to, which was uh, this the world premiere screening of this film, Neil apparently drove it from Vegas uh, yesterday for the festival. Oh yeah. Um, He uh, uh, the audience uh, for this movie uh, sold out within two hours of Neil posting about it on uh, Twitter and Facebook. But uh, apparently how, that was
0: a record for the festival right
2: yeah i don't think they've ever had a sellout at all let alone that fast i mean it was crazy how fast it filled up it was it must have been what 300 oh yeah easily theater? it was
0: it was a big theater full of people and other than one or two jackasses and you they were pretty quiet until the very 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 end of the q a everybody was incredibly respectful and asking very, well, a a broad range of questions, but all of them were, were, you know, charitable. And, and I think we had a good primer from the host of the festival who very, very coyly was mentioning how kind Neil is and, and how honest and open he is. It was essentially the subtext was, look, he's a really nice guy. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And he's just happy to be here. So be nice.
2: And and everybody was. Which I you know, I think everyone who who you know, clearly if he sold this show out in two hours, uh, everyone knew what they were in for and it yeah, wasn't nobody's there it wasn't there watching, to be mean, no. you know? It was yeah. you know, I, I always see these the God, these other YouTubers who do these like react videos, like, look at this bad cinema and I'm like, It's not bad cinema. It's you know, it's uh it's amateur cinema for sure. It's anti cinema, like sometimes mm-hmm. what I call it. But it's not bad. It's so enjoyable to watch. I had more fun at this than I, I saw Ant-Man 3 the night before. And that movie <laughs> was fine. But I had so much more fun at Cade. So much yes. more fun. Ah, yes. So, you know, I don't I don't really appreciate people calling it bad cinema or making fun of the man. He's, uh, he's doing his own thing. And if you can't appreciate that, that's on you. Yeah. And, and,
0: uh, you know, that's a great segue into to the Q&A portion, because he really did let a lot of people in on a bit of his process. And that that is really what, you know, sealed the deal for me. I've always been a fan uh, of Breen's work. And I think it's because he very much like the other folks who have come before him in making movies that are so bad, they're good. It's because they don't Get it. They don't see that. They're doing something for themselves that they truly believe in. And that is always the ingredient that I call the heart. That's why things like Sharknado don't it doesn't have heart. It doesn't all these other movies that do what they do on the attempt to be a bad movie on purpose, they fall short and they're insincere because they don't have that genuine emotion behind what's being done. And that's what Neil has in spades. And uh and again, <laughs> he also seems to have zero organizational plans which is hysterical because in the middle of this discussion he talked about how you have to have a very organizationally oriented mind yet his writing process well why should I say it when I can just let the man explain it himself this is from the Q&A how long did the writing process
2: take you how many drafts did you
1: go through oh that's
0: that's forever um,
1: um, This script was a hundred pages long and it's a full professional shooting script everything I do in my films my only point of reference is From a process is what I read or what I hear because I never went to film school So I read up on how do you really do a script? the way I write is um, I use index cards to get started. So what I, the small index cards, what I do is over a course of time, um, a phrase, a catchword, something will pop into my head relative to the story I'm thinking about. And I'll write it on the index card. Um, You know, they go to the castle. You know, shoot them walking into the castle or you know the car crashes or any number of things. So in the end, in this one, not unlike the other ones, I wind up with about 300 index cards with totally uh, at random uh, thoughts, phrases, keywords, and so on. But I know, and I've done that over a period of time, to answer question, I don't sit down and say, I want to start the script here and, and there. So I wind up with 300 cards that have items on them that are um, relative to the script that I have in my head. They're not in order, chronological order. So what I do then is on the living room floor, if I had a wall, like a big war room, I'd put them up on the wall so I can move them like puzzle pieces. But instead, I put them all on my living room floor, and then I begin to put all these ideas in storyline, chronological order. Then I pick them all up, and making sure that I think I'm close. Then I start going from card number one, two, three, four, five, and start laying down the rough draft. It has scene numbers, but it doesn't have interior exterior. I haven't... You know, I haven't identified locations yet, so on. But anyway, that's how I do it. I build it, build it, build it, it, draft, draft, draft.
0: There you have it. So, Richard, you have dabbled a bit in cinema and writing and directing and such. Uh, What is your reflection on this process that Neil has outlined?
2: Well, I don't think it's that uh, different than what I've seen People do, or what I've done. You know, it's uh a lot of times we're just doing, especially when you're doing just maybe a, an outline or something, you're trying to just kind of figure out what your scenes are, your key moments first, and then you're going to fill it in later and fill it in and like, you know, then chip away and chip away. And so, in that respect, I don't think Neil's uh, process is too far off from what a lot of people do. But uh, this idea that he just kind of has a bunch of things and he just jumbles them up as a uh, and then figures out the order later that's a little interesting to me uh i i would love to see his living room in the middle of this uh this kind of uh creative period when he's in when he's in his cycle here i i think that would be just really really fascinating to watch um but yeah i you know it it doesn't sound crazy to me but it definitely sounds like um he's always searching for the story I don't know if he ever finds it until maybe he's in the editing room. But, you know, it's uh, it seems like Neil's uh, big, big search for the story is is uh, constantly uh, happening throughout the production and through the pre-production, production production, and
0: post. Now, I I just want to comment. I don't think we have this particular audio, but uh, just because searching for the story, would you would you say that sometimes he, he just doesn't find it? Because there was a couple of different questions he answered where people asked very specific, you know, intentions behind certain things, and he just kind of stared out, coyly smiled, and then said, I-, "I don't know. I have no idea. I- yeah. I'm, just, I'm just making a movie." So it's like I feel like he does take these puzzle pieces and he writes literally anything that 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 inspires him or occurs to him. And puts it in a shoebox and then one day he's like let's get the shoebox out and see what we can make with these random pieces i mean like it would be like going to a pick and pull yard grabbing a bunch of automotive parts and saying i'm just going to make a franken car and somehow it always works in the breen style and i think that's the x factor is his secret sauce his his own inspiration and 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 uh intuition being injected into these random pieces but but yeah, I feel like he just, unlike other people, as you were saying, this is a process that is not that foreign. I think other people already kind of know the broad strokes. It's just, but he's, he's just saying, I don't even need to know the broad stripes.
2: No, I, I think people kind of know the beginning, middle, and end of their story generally when they, when they first start. Whereas Neil's not necessarily uh, held to that. He's just, he's just like, he comes up with an idea for a scene or a shot, writes it down, throws it in the box uh you know who knows where that movie's gonna go I mean as he said for uh during the Q&A uh when he was doing twisted pair and he put Cade will return in the credits he didn't actually mean that apparently he just put that in there as a joke
0: that's that was a fantastic (laughs) revelation that he's just like I didn't know what I was gonna do and that's what happened I'll tell you what finding that out answered so many questions as to the wildly sometimes confusing pacing and direction of his films and the storytelling, but also it is so oddly charming. It just, it really humanized the entire thing into a way that I just had never thought about it before.
2: Yeah. He's uh he's just a really fascinating guy. And, you know, I've heard some other podcasts that have had some of the actors who's, who've been in his, films and uh it although i will say it does sound like what neil told us last night may not be the full truth may not be the whole truth because sometimes i think he comes on set just changes things up and you know he's like i said i think he's always searching for the story i think he he although for this one it seemed like he might have actually found it earlier in the process because he because he shot entirely on a green screen he had to have so much stuff prepared ahead of time and he was trying to do a virtual set so he he had all the locations set down he kind of knew what was going to happen and uh uh you know when and, went and shot the movie which was another interesting thing i found it took 19 days to shoot this movie i didn't think he would ever shoot a movie for 19 days that's a lot of time
0: that was actually yeah i was impressed especially because there was as is the fashion uh, a fair amount of reuse in this film sure that's the trademark yeah he has elements and he simply dresses the elements up in different backgrounds and you know so for example there are abduction sequences with a group of actors you know um with this random guy this random girl so and so forth and that same abduction sequence will be played two or three sometimes four times throughout the movie just with different backgrounds on the screen screen as are the fight sequences where it's just almost like a gif being looped of which by the way, his fight style, I want to know where he trained because his, uh, his thrusting punch, kick thrust punch, and then puff your cheeks out in an effort of intimidation is, is unparalleled.
2: Oh, it's great. I mean, he's got that whole, uh, as you see in the trailer, he's got the whole agent Smith from the matrix thing going, Oh, yes. but, uh, you know, uh, I think some of the, I think some of the other actors like their fights are pretty good too. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of showed him a thing or two, a couple moves. Yeah, but, there was uh, one dude who
0: definitely was very clearly, obviously trained in boxing, and there was another girl who looked like she probably did uh, hopped on the Taibo train yeah. <laughs> at some point. But but it's a uh, what I will say. This is a uh, hopefully not a spoiler in any way. There is only one fight in the entire movie where the two actors are actually in the same scene with each other. And actually, connecting with each other. Every other fight are separate elements overlaid together, and uh, and that the fight where it's hand to hand is is pretty epic. So <laughs> eh, it all works.
2: I think it, it all it works. works.
0: Let's let's uh, check out a little bit about what Neil says. It, it, these are his four pillars of filmmaking. If you want to make a movie, these are the four things you need.
1: What's the most important thing? Bar none, cut the BS. What's money? If you don't have the money, you ain't never making no movie. Okay, what's the second most important thing? Script is correct. So you have to have the money, you have to have the script. What's the third most important thing? Third most important, come on. The director, (laughs) director. So you have money, a good script, a director who will interpret that script into their mutually acceptable vision. What's the fourth important person? The actors. Now, actors don't want to hear that. But bottom line is this, you gotta have a great script, something very interesting. Okay, the director will certainly hold to the script. You can make that contractual or otherwise. But it's the director who's gonna bring out the performances of the actors in his vision. That's the fact. And then the biggest
0: studios will tell you the same thing.
2: That's the reality
0: of it. Well, I don't know about you Richard, but I feel like I just went to film school.
2: Yeah, that was a that was a professor Neal uh, giving a lecture there during the Q&A. That was, that was Um, although I don't quite agree with some of the things uh, he said no, that. you, you uh,
0: definitely think the editor should be higher up. Well,
2: I work in posts, so of course. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so let's let's just get into just a just overall, you know, quick impressions here. Uh now before I play a couple little hot moments from the trailer. Uh, for me, this movie is definitely Neil almost like a butterfly coming from its cocoon. It it is almost like the, the new Neil is here. He has found some footing, he's found a, a thing that seems to really work for him and his vision, which is he has been, I think, saddled by the reality of physical sets and using virtual sets is just a whole new world of unfettered access to him. And he's always had bigger than, than life thoughts and concepts. And I think that this is now him like the sum total of him finally realizing a way to make this happen. And I can only imagine that the movies going forward are just going to get more and more sophisticated visually, yet they're still going to have the same, one, two, three, maybe four takes. Same, using the onboard audio for the camera. There's going to be uh, not so much editing, um, you know, to make things work. But I think that overall, he's found a tool that will allow him to, to become a mega a mega butterfly.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's oozing with confidence with this movie in his filmmaking. I think he knows what he's comfortable doing, and he's just doing it the best he can now. Uh, I think you're right that, uh, shooting in Vegas, uh, has its limitations in t- terms of the stories he can tell and switching to this fully keyed, uh, atmosphere gives him a, a chance to kind of expand his storytelling. Um, and you know, he's just, he's having fun doing this. That was, that was my big takeaway from the QA's. he has a lot of fun doing this and you see it in the film. I know when we did a review of uh, Twisted Pair, uh, I said I did never wanted to see Cade and Kale again because I thought they were pretty boring. <laughs> uh, but this time, during the Q&A, he had mentioned that he was trying, instead of trying to be more technically savvy and advanced, and he was really trying to get to the humanity of the characters in his movie. And he really, I think, achieved that in this, this film. Uh, Cade and Kale are way more interesting in this movie than they were in Twisted Pair uh this is the movie i wanted for twisted pair i think Uh, i'm glad we finally got it um this is i really recommend everyone if you get a chance to see this in the theater uh that's the way you got to see this it was so much fun with the audience who was really into it interacting with the movie in a way that wasn't just uh making fun of it it was cheering it on and uh you know Everyone was applauding during the when the stock footage would show up of the crowd applauding. And it, that is the new spoon
0: <laughs> for this or like the football, like for the room for Neil Brie movies. It's going to be stock footage of people applauding or off camera audiences applauding and the audience doing the same. Uh, that, yeah. That's just uh, what's going to happen.
2: It it was just it was such a great time. Yeah, uh, really, really
0: recommend you go see this. I I 100% agree and for all of this this, just remember though everybody this is still a Neil Breen movie (laughs) so for all the nice and sweetness of it that we have about it remember it's still going to be exactly what it is with moments such as this
1: What the hell's going on here? We're doing the best we can We're trying We're trying That's not good enough I want to see where my money's been going
2: Please don't let them hurt
1: me anymore. Megan, what do you know about the patient trafficking that's going on here? What do you know about the gene editing research?
0: There's been a huge increase in the amount of kidnapping of the youths and runaways that are being used for medical testing. Uh, We'd like you to keep a lookout for any irregularities that might happen at your lab.
1: I will never forget.
0: Before we leave you, just want to give you one final Nugget of uh, brain wisdom from the Q&A. Yeah. Um, as someone who really enjoys also reading screenplays, um, did you ever consider possibly
1: putting any of your scripts either making them available in some fashion? No. <laughs> no, only because I was committed to making it. I wasn't looking to shop it anywhere. Um, I'm in a teaching-it-myself mode, you know what I mean? I don't want somebody else to do it, I want to do it myself. I'm a hands-on kind of guy. And I enjoy that. This is not work, it's hard work, but it's not work work to me, you know. Okay, yeah. In paper
2: findings, how many laptops
1: did you go through? <laughs> and violently push them off the desk. Yeah. Like, how do you, you source all of those? Actually, I bought those
2: at um, a thrift store.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I probably six or eight. Wow. Something like that. All of my stuff, um, even the set, even the sets on this film, I, I built. Um, the stairs, um, I built. Um, but once again, I like doing that stuff.
0: Yeah. So there you have it. He likes doing that stuff, and he likes to do it himself. Goddamn right. So you want to be able to see this movie. What you can do is go to www.cade, that's C-A-D-E, hyphen, crossing.com. So, cade com. that's where you can find all the information. You can see the trailer and follow what's happening with this movie. And hopefully it'll be coming to a theater near you and on DVD, fresh out of Neil's hard drive, fresh out of Neil's. DVDR burner <laughs> straight to your door.
2: Yeah. Richard, do you have any final thoughts or anything before we let you go? Uh no. No, I think uh if you like I said if you get a chance to see this, it's going to be on the festival circuit for a while. Uh and then I think hopefully it will get a wider release or a mailed to you release. Uh check it out if you can. Absolutely. Well, thank you for dusting off
0: your Breenism abilities and skills and joining us once again for this episode and thank you listeners for hanging in there and i appreciate your patience as again i was saying i'm just trying to bring things back up to speed keep an eye out you'll be seeing another episode drop very soon which is my interview with the director of the movie the taint and wait for more and the rest of season three is coming i promise you but until next time watch out for mr breen thank you richard and stay subversive if you enjoyed the show make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider tell a friend so they can check it out too and follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content